0: episode will come with a small disclaimer. We do speak about miscarriage and we speak about miscarriage pretty detailed. So if you are not in a space to listen to that today, we have 22 other episodes. You can scroll through and play back. Um, today's episode does get into miscarrying, miscarrying at home. Um, and it does include some details. So if this does not serve you today, feel free to stop here and go listen to some of our other episodes. Otherwise we will see you in the episode. Everyone, welcome back to What the Fertility. Today we have with us Bailey Henry. She is the author of Having a Baby and Other Things I'm Bad At, some short stories about living life with infertility. Bailey also is a host of her podcast, The Undelivered Podcast. Um, both her book and her podcast, I seem to be obsessed with. So check both <laughs> of those out. Um, we'll get into both of those items, and then she also has a website called HelloBaileyHenry.com. Um, on the website, she offers a service called the Miscarriage Guide. So we're going to kind of dive into all three of those items, as well as um, let Bailey touch on her own infertility journey that brought her to create all these awesome resources for the fertility and infertility community. So welcome, Bailey. Hi, guys.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. You, we're so excited. That was probably the longest intro we've ever had on a <laughs> podcast. Well,
1: thanks for covering it. everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. So where do we start? I mean, obviously your book is a huge topic, right? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's super exciting. When did it publish? I have it here in front of me, but when did you kind of publish this?
1: <gasps> well, a year ago today. I didn't even realize. Oh, I just saw the exact face. You really didn't. I, oh. it, did, it, it. This has been the craziest year of my life. So I didn't I, oh, oh, maybe it was two days ago, but yeah, this week, a year ago this week. Yeah. <gasps> uh, it's crazy. That's so exciting. That's so cool.
0: That is so exciting. So, if you guys haven't read it, I mean, first of all, the title itself is like, oh, I want to read that book. <laughs>
1: <Right>? <laughs> My mom hated it. So, I'm really glad it resonates with women who are actually going through infertility. Oh, really? <laughs> I love it. it.
0: It has like a spilled glass of red wine with a little rubber ducky on the cover. Yeah. <laughs> I feel
1: like that's so
2: real life. So, that's perfect.
0: Yeah. So let's back up. Cause obviously I feel like I know you, cause I just stalk all of your work. Um, your but course. Bailey, do you want to introduce yourself? Where do you live? What's your story? What's up?
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Bailey Henry, Mississippi native. Um, I have an awesome husband named Kyle. We've been married going on seven years. Um, I call myself an accidental women's health advocate because a year ago I was working in advertising. um, the long and short of it is is that i never expected to go through infertility certainly never expected to write a book on it um i had four consecutive miscarriages um and i was reeling from the fourth one um when i published when i started writing my book it's basically just you know a compilation of a lot of journals over the last several years we had our first miscarriage in 2017 And they, you know, sort of happened yearly after that. And so when I published my book last May, so you have to, you know, publish it and pre-order it and the ebook and all those kind of things. um, I was pregnant and didn't know it. On the back of the book, my my uh, author's picture, I was pregnant in that picture and didn't know. Um, And so it's just been the craziest year of my life. So wrote the book published it thought thought it was behind me I thought oh if I just serve all of this and I and I tell my story to other women who hurt like me then somehow the universal or God will will see this and I'll never have to go through this ever again and that's not how life works so um I was three months pregnant at my book launch party um a week later I was in the doctor's office and my sixth baby just sort of kind of fell out of me. We can talk about that in a minute. Um, And then three weeks later, our home was blessed with a little boy and it's just been insane. So I I wrote my book, had two more miscarriages because that last pregnancy was twins. I lost the first one really early, our daughter Lorelai um she passed at i was a little over 3 months pregnant and um and then i wrote the miscarriage guide and i have been hustling every day since oh, just trying to help women in any way that i can
2: that's incredible that you're using everything that you've gone through just to be able to help women i really love that thanks <laughs> Yeah. I, um, I feel
0: like I knew a a good amount of that from, from what you shared in your book, but obviously, you know, when you published it, I don't, I don't know what's happened since then. Um, that's you, you get into a lot of details in the book, even about some of your, your miscarriages and your experience. And I don't know, maybe you shared it on a post, but I do remember you sharing, like when all of the books came to your house, you had just kind of found out you were pregnant and you know that
1: I was pregnant at that time. You didn't know, no, when, when the books finally um were shipped to me you know the first like 250 copies I think um I was beating myself up over it because I couldn't enjoy it because I was sick as a dog like I did not feel good at all and I found out like a week later that I was about nine weeks pregnant so still pregnant because I'd already lost the first one The first twin. so That was the
0: twin pregnancy. Yes.
1: And so I'd already lost that one was moving on. My hormones weren't leveling out. My HCG levels were not leveling out. And so I finally went back to the doctor to get ready for a DNC. And that's when I found out I was about nine weeks pregnant with Lorelei. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Well, I just, I love that you said that, like you wrote the book and you thought, Hey, everything's behind me. Like, this is my, this is my good, this is my purpose quote unquote. Right. And I think it's really important. We share that on the podcast. Cause I think a lot of times the last several episodes we've had, it's like, Oh, happy ending. This is all, you know, everything worked out like what they thought. And that's just not life. Like you said,
1: no, it's not realistic.
0: Not at all. Um. Well, where do we want to start? I know you mentioned the miscarriage guide, and I feel like that's your little project right now.
1: That's yeah. kind
0: of big and, and out there. Um, do you want to, do you mind touching on that and what it is and, and how women can use it?
1: Sure. Um, so the miscarriage guide is something that I wrote. It's a little five by seven postcard. And it, the, the genesis of it was when you have a miscarriage, they send you home empty handed. You you two know this. They say so sorry. Sometimes they don't even tell you that they're sorry. They say take a Tylenol and expect a heavy period, and that is it. So and I, you know, that was the sixth time that I'd gone through that. And I'm like, it is not a heavy period. It's like losing a baby. It is
0: your it body. Is. that's exactly what it is.
1: Yeah. That's what it is. And your body goes through the same postpartum roller coaster that anybody else would go through. And <clears throat> so Oh, when, when I lost Lorelai, I'd never made it that far before. Um, I was showing she was growing. She was big. We had heard her heartbeat. And then an hour later, she was gone. Um, and I pretty much gave birth at at the doctor's office. We went in for an emergency appointment and I was bleeding. And um, I think my doctor was trying to shield the truth from me but I know I I knew what was going to happen. I could feel it. And, um, so I just sort of pushed my feet were up. I was laying on a table. I mean, it was very close to giving birth birth, you know? And, um, they, again, sent me home. They said, take Tylenol. She prescribed me a muscle relaxer and said, so sorry, you know, and that, and that was it. Um, What they did not tell me is, since I'd never made it that far along before, a lot of women, after they give birth, you have a fundal massage where they have to massage the uterus back down to a normal size. Um, If that does not happen, you can hemorrhage. And if that does not happen, in some cases, um, you experience labor all over again as your uterus tries to close. So. I was sent home with none of that information. And that evening, I went through three and a half hours of unmedicated labor as my uterus decided to close back on its own. And I text my friend, Rachel, who when she gave birth to her children, her two children, um, she had a doula and a midwife with her. And so I just, it was just such a God thing. I texted her and I'm like, I think I'm dying. I am in so much pain. I know that this is labor, but there is nothing else to give Um, because my placenta came out right after Lorelai. So, I mean, it was, it was a one and done thing. Um, Sorry, I should have warned y'all that this is kind of like. Graphic,
0: but. So, I, so I, so I, like I said, stalked your podcast and this is where I've heard this bit of it yeah. on, shared on your podcast, but Amanda and I, and all our listeners know we need to do better warning, better trigger warnings. <laughs> so we'll do that at the beginning of the episode. So if you're here, you're already, tra- you've already good stuff. Far- yeah.
1: Already- yes. <clears throat> Medical disclaimer. Yes. Um, so they, I'm texting my friend Rachel and I'm, I'm describing the pain. And I said, I'm having labor all over again. And she's going through like this checklist with me. And then finally it's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm texting her and she said, Oh my God, Bailey, they didn't massage your uterus back down. You have to do this or you will be in labor for hours and it could be pretty dangerous. And So I look over at my husband and I tell him, I was like, I don't know what the hell this thing is. So we, we Googled it and we watched a YouTube video and he massaged my uterus back down. And then the next day I was angry in a way. I don't know. I've never, I've never not been angry since that day. Um, And that anger is what has fueled me that whole story is the reason that I wrote the miscarriage guide. There is no reason that I should have been sent home so clueless and treated as if I hadn't lost anything at all. So I, I wrote the miscarriage guide because I thought that is either gross negligence or it is just hateful. And it adds another insult to the layer that women already have to go through when you lose a pregnancy. Um, So I was just absolutely fueled with a passion that if it happened to me, whatever woman comes behind me, it will not happen to her, not if I can have anything to do with it. So I wrote the miscarriage guide and I'm trying to hand it out like candy to whoever will take it. Um, Doctors offices, pharmacies, women, anywhere. I've mailed them to South Carolina. So um, just anyone, just to, first of all, so they know that, that their loss has been acknowledged here. Yeah. This is something that you can read here. This is the basics of what your body's going to go through. This is when you should call your doctor. This is normal. Anything to, to just help. Um, Cause there was no reason I should have gone through that.
2: No, I, absolutely. I mean, that should be standard practice. Like that honestly should be in every single doctor's office and that should be given out like
1: yeah. all across it, the globe. I think so too. It's been kind of a struggle. People, people aren't wild about it, but some people aren't.
2: Yeah. And I mean,
0: I I have so many things on this, but like, I think the last episode, I don't think we've even aired it yet, but I had mentioned that a family member was like 11 weeks pregnant. We were all excited. And unfortunately, since that last episode, she's also experienced a a miscarriage and like, again, 11, 12 weeks, that's extremely far far along to Mm -hmm. do something like that in your home or in the doctor's office or even a DNC. And you know, some of the things you touched on Bailey that are so important, like the postpartum hormones, right? Like Mm -hmm. when a woman delivers a baby or when a woman delivers a baby at five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 weeks, like they, I mean, I know in her shoes, she just felt so depressed and she's like, I'm not a depressed person. Like I understand what happened, but why am I feeling this way? And I do feel like from the three of our perspectives or anybody that's gone through a loss, like we can share that with them, but Like, Hey, you, you're having your hormones are going away out of your body just like they would, if you were to give birth in an instant like that. And it's great if you know someone that's had a miscarriage, but not everybody talks about this. And so not everybody has that resource of the friend, like you had that you were able to call it to in the morning. So I just think that's such an incredible resource. To be able to give to these women and say like hey these are some key factors to consider um yeah. when you're when you leave the doctor's office and they tell you nothing because she had the right. exact same experience she's like i don't know she was just like i think i need to find a new doctor they've told me nothing and i told her i said i've I had the exact same experience. They just, they're obese. They don't know how to handle
2: loss. They just know how to deliver a baby. Exactly. Exactly. And and also to, oh no, you can go Bailey. Sorry. No, I'm sorry.
1: I was just going to say, I think that there's such a confusing stigma that silence is better in that, especially in a sterile doctor's office setting. Like they say, this isn't a viable pregnancy. I'm sorry. There's no heartbeat. I'm sorry. This loss has already come too far. You're going to need a DNC or whatever and then nothing, yep. nothing. I don't know if they're afraid of being sued. I don't know if they're afraid of making it worse, but sitting in a doctor's office and just receiving sterile information and then nothing else, that's like taking a bullet. I mean, it's just, it's terrible. So sorry, you go.
2: No, no, no. I mean, everything you're saying is so true. And I know for me even, and I'm and I'm sure probably the same for both of you, um, is like when I was sent home then knowing that this is what it was about to happen. I had no idea that I truly was about to go into labor, like mm. at home. And it's so, I mean, cause when you go into labor, when you're having like a, a, like a child that's alive and everything's great and fine, like, you know what you're getting at the end of it. And I think that was so much harder. Like, it's like, I can still cry thinking about it, but truly like, You're feeling every single pain that you would feel like going through labor normally when you're at the hospital or home birth or whatever it may be, but you know what the ending is on this side of it. And it's, it hits you on an emotional level so much harder. And I wish someone would have told me that going into it. I had no idea what I was getting into.
1: I didn't either until I think it was maybe my second or third miscarriage. Um, a friend of mine that I went to college with, she had her first child and her epidural did not take. And so she felt every bit of it. Um, and then not long after that, she had a miscarriage. Oh, wow. Text me during her own miscarriage. And she said, this feels the same as labor. So I want you to know, because I, I mean, still to this day, I haven't given birth to a healthy live child she said, that is a labor pain. You yeah. go through labor. And so it was that validation of like, oh, that's not, it doesn't just hurt a little. It hurts a lot. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. So women are so resilient. We're so tough. We're so
0: it. tough. We're so mm-hmm. freaking tough. I mean, not even the emotional part of the, of a miscarriage, but like it's physical. And I loved Amanda that you were sharing all that because you have given, you have given birth to a child. And so you have experienced both of this and you're still saying it's the same. Well, that was a lot.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: But um, so you, like you said, you mailed them out. So let me go back and just kind of tag your Instagram handle. Cause I know you share what they look like and you have a whole highlight um, mm-hmm. on your Instagram is, am I saying it right? Bails, Henry. Henry? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So B-A-I-L-S-H-E-N-R-Y. And you can access your website there. So you, so can people just order them? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask.
1: Yeah, if if people want the miscarriage guide, the full miscarriage guide is available on my website. Um, you can print out even the card PDF version yourself at your office or whatever. But if you'd like them on cardstock, I would be more than happy to mail them anywhere that anybody wants them.
0: I love that. That's awesome. So like, if you have, if someone's listening and they have a friend going through it, I always get all That's these, so DMs, good. right. Like, I get all these DMS, like, what should I get my friend? Like she's going through her first or second loss and like, Oh, you know, I'll send a few things that people sent me that were meaningful, but I don't think, I think information is,
2: Oh my gosh. Yes. The best. Gift. I will 100% if I know anyone, I mean, even just posting on both of ours. Cause I feel like now we have definitely a little bit of a following of people that have gone through miscarriages or fertility issues or what have you I feel like everyone needs to know this so we will be sharing it left and right thank you
0: (laughs) absolutely and I think I know we just keep harping I feel like this is more of a miscarriage conversation (laughs) but I mean that's where you that's where you come from and that's where a lot of these resources that you created are are helping women but you know like for my family member to call me and say they just put me in a room and said you have option ABC which one do you want I remember that so vividly it's like oh my gosh, you just told me life shattering news. And now before I walk out of here, I have to tell you how I want to
2: handle it. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Like
2: it's no no time to process, no time to even like grieve it or think anything. Like it's just such a quick, fast decision.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you know in the UK, they have something called like the miscarriage unit. Like it's literally like when you miscarry, they go send you to a different unit and they yeah. handle
1: everything. Did I see you shaking your head, Bailey. I had no idea. We've done um, a podcast episode on miscarriages around the globe. Oh, and if like you, to to yes, if you have a miscarriage, I hope that you are in the United Kingdom, Sweden, Canada, or France. They really, really, really know how to take care of their women. They have like separate wings. They have support groups like, and, and you get stuff like, before you even leave the doctor's office or a hospital, you have pamphlets, you have support groups, you have information, like they just really have it together for women's health in those countries. And on the, you know, the other side of the coin, uh, do not have a miscarriage in Brazil. So, <laughs> oh my
0: God. So you just found these women that had that and you were like, okay, let's tell your personal stories. And, and- no, no,
1: no, we did Uh, it. We just looked up all the information on what it was like, like what, what do other countries have yeah, in place so cool. for women? Yeah. Cause I always say infertility is not going anywhere and I'm afraid it's going to get worse. Um, so we really need to get our act together on how to take care of our women. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: That's, that's, I want to listen to that episode for sure. Again, it's called the Undelivered Podcast. I've been listening mm-hmm. to it. And you guys just went, you just had season two. You just started season we two.
1: Did. We did. We've started season two and we're actually recording our fourth episode uh, in a couple of hours. Oh, <laughs> <So. laughs>
0: day. <Podcasting. laughs> that's right. That's so exciting. Well, do you want to dive in? I mean, I feel like we've kind of jumped all around. Normally our podcasts are like, let's hear your infertility story from start to finish, but this has been really good. I feel like (laughs) this has just been some great information. Do you have specifics? I mean, I know I read your book in about two hours. um, And I honestly, I don't, I've never been one that like loves short story books, but Uh I felt like it told your story from the beginning to end it didn't really feel like, you know, short, short stories where it didn't all connect.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I think it was my third or fourth miscarriage. Um, the, the book talks about the first four that I had and I went, I love to read. I've always been an avid reader. I love books. And I went to a Barnes and Noble and I looked for, a book on miscarriage and everything that I found was too much or too much in the opposite direction. It was very sciencey. It was about the egg, about the sperm. It was about your tilted uterus. It was very all written by doctors who probably have not had infertility issues. Right. And then on the other side, as a Christian, I can appreciate, you know, the devotionals and the, you know, day by day post it. I miss this, you know, write that down kind of a thing but I, I needed a better book when I was struggling about the woman who was struggling because Mm -hmm. there's more to infertility than just, you know, your crap uterus. (laughs) You, you have a life and a husband and friends and, and a, you know, an entire world that is, that is crumbling. And so I was like, you know what? I'll just write one. I can't find one that I like. So I'll just make one myself. So You're, so, you're yeah. such a
0: writer. Oh my God. You're such a writer too. Like you read her post and I'm like, gosh, she's so well-spoken. Uh, I, uh, I, I, that was my original intent. I think I had had, cause Amanda, when had you reached out to me? I'd had five losses, I think four or five and same great. thing. She was like, I had this dream
2: or something like we had, That's it right. was it a dream. It was, a, I had a dream. I woke her at like 3am and I was like, cat we need to make a podcast <laughs> and like we had not it is similar to your co-host Bailey
0: like Amanda and I knew each other from almost 20 years ago and we had not been in contact we weren't like friends or anything. Oh. I had reached out to her like once or twice, like, Hey, I saw you posted. You had a miscarriage. Like, can you help me? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and she texted me out of the blue and said, I had this dream. We started this podcast. I know it's wild. I don't know what you have on your plate. And I said, this is so weird. My husband's out of town this weekend. And I have all day Saturday to start on a book Y'all, draft. Funny. Like I'm going to like try, I want to write a book. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'd be better at podcast. Cause I'm not a good writer.
2: <laughs> here, right? So it's fine. No, but I mean, I think it's totally a God thing. I truly believe that we go through certain things and it's it leads us to other things. And I think this was just what we needed for us to start the podcast. I had a dream and here we are. <laughs> I love that.
0: Kind of the outline. Well, you had touched on a few things about the book and I have it right in front of me with, um, it's actually three chapters in a row. And I think I just like went through those three really, really quick. You said, infertility is much more than the science piece of it or how to kind of get through it like a quote or a devotional it's, it's going to the movies with friends and then seeing like certain scenes. And then it's like the next day you're going to work. And like that one person walks in and they have a stomach, it's just life Mm -hmm. and having to kind of navigate that. So three year chapters, the first one, uh, it's like halfway through the book. It's called the one where everyone is pregnant. (laughs) Uh, And then the next one is called uncomfortable comfort and one less follower. And then the final one that I kind of really resonated with was thanks for being an effing friend. Oh boy. Do you like know them well enough to kind of speak on those in terms of kind of like, yeah, like, I just thought they were really good. And I think our listeners would enjoy kind of like your experience through those kind of three chapters of life.
1: Yeah. So um the one where everyone is pregnant, oh gosh, I think it was three and a half years ago. I counted I I truly, I don't know why I hated myself that day, but I just sat down and I was like, let's count and see how many people I know who are pregnant right now. 36. I knew 30. 30 Crap, Bailey. And it was a combination of like people that I'd worked with, people that I went to church with, high school, college, sorority. But I sat down and I was like, 36 people are pregnant right now. And I've been pretty honest about this, like in my story and in the book, Um, I became a great aunt before I became a mother. My niece became a mom at 19. Oh gosh. So she was one of the the 36. And so I'm like, if this just ain't a kick in the nuts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this is
0: just- Well, and that goes back to life. Like just things yeah. are happening that say you weren't struggling with infertility, you never even have a second freaking thought about it. Like somebody that's never struggled with infertility isn't gonna sit down and count up all the people, you know,
1: and literally make a list.
0: Or if their yeah. niece gets pregnant you know, their niece gets pregnant, they're like, oh, Okay, like whatever, but it's Everything's so much so many more... people
2: can relate to that because I mean, I know Kat and I both. We literally, if someone else like got pregnant, like it's like you're happy for them, but at the same time, you're so pissed. Like, I know I literally was devastated every time yeah. with your announcement, and then you see it, it's all in your face,
1: it's yeah, know,
2: all over face, 30, yeah, 36 people for nine months, so it's
1: yeah, that's <laughs> a whole lot, right? Right, so yeah, crazy. so. That was just sort of, and it looms over your head. You know, if you're really, really trying to grow your family, whatever that looks like, if you're going through a round of IVF, if you're trying to recover from a miscarriage so you can try again, it's pretty all consuming, you know, on most days for, for women like us. And so I'm like, well, doggone it, everyone is pregnant. And so I just started making like these little notes in my phone, like, how do I feel because 36 people that I know are pregnant and you know, a a good bit of them. I love, and I was really close to them. So then I felt broke and pissed because I had to go buy all them, you know, baby presents or shower gifts or anything of that nature. And then um, the next one was uncomfortable comfort and one less follower. So I started long before I wrote a book, um, you know, just, talking about stuff on Facebook and Instagram. And I would talk about, I started another, um, Instagram page that is, you know, dead now. Cause I haven't posted there in a couple of years, but it was called Be is for bent, not broken. And that was my little infertility place to share and talking about testing and blood testing and genetic testing and sperm testing and all the things. And, um, one day I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to share that from my own personal page because. I- it's just Why not
0: it's, it's me, me. No. yeah it's your this is my
1: story this is where I'm at right now
0: this is my favorite chapter now that you're bringing it back <laughs> up because I can resonate and a man and I both share on our personal I also have a dead infertility page out there oh, do it, you it gets to the point where like this is me and if yeah. I, I want people to know that this is going on in my life whether it's sad I know where you're going with the story but sad bad positive negative like this whole toxic positivity things
1: I brand. know it is crap. And so I just started sharing from my personal page because I thought, you know, and 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 the way our generation looks at social media is just so strange and odd and different. Um, we will be the first generation of people who on our deathbed, a lot of our memories will come from the internet. You know what I mean? So if yeah. this is if this is where society is at, and this is my online journal, I'm just going to be me and, and tell the truth. And so I got an Instagram message one day from someone who I don't even think I've ever said, I, I went to college with her. Cause I, I mean, I just didn't give away a lot of information uh, about this in the book, but she sent a message and she was like, you are so sad. And I just don't think you have such a positive voice and a positive message. I don't think people want to come on Instagram and just see you being sad about not being able to have a baby. So I'm going to unfollow you, but good luck, girl. Pep it up a oh little
2: bit. My <laughs> oh my God. I cannot even I'm to have to go track her down and oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: And like, so I never. What I don't get about
2: people is like okay if you just don't want to see it then just unfollow. There's no need for that message.
1: Yeah, no definitely. need to say
2: anything. Just unfollow. What you
1: said. It, and I never responded to her. And I did put that in the book. I was way too embarrassed, and it made me doubt for a second. Like, oh God, should I be saying any of this? Because I, I I'm a pretty positive, upbeat person person most of the time anyway, and so I know that a lot of things that I post. Are, are different, you know, and so I thought, oh gosh, should I just stick to everything is coming up roses? Should I just stick to w- normal? It swipe up for my link, you know, that kind of a vibe. <laughs> yeah, I'm I just do that. Yeah, so. I
0: I feel all of this so so much, and <laughs> I know, Amanda, you've been so raw too. It's like you you get, you even get the positive messages and people are like, I'm sorry. I know you get probably hundreds of these and thank you. And I'm like, no, no, I really don't like, thank you for saying that this made a difference in your life. Cause it, it is hard to put yourself out there with no mask on whatsoever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I, I don't know, I get messages like that too. They're like, I'm sure you get thousands of these. I'm like, no guys, I don't, but yeah. every Thanks. message means, means a whole lot to me. And so I just thought, well, you know, she's not my target audience. She's not my people. And, and I've thought about her a lot over the last year. And I thought, I guess she could only go as deep as herself would allow her to go. It's, it's that uncomfortable comfort. Not everything is going to be great. Not everything is going to be looking like a perfect, you know, curated Instagram picture. And, and I think life is so much more rich you blend in the highs and the lows, I mean, you can't get to the highs without having the lowest of lows. And so in that aspect, I've lived a very, very blessed life, you know, even in, even in the worst parts of it, there's always been some good there. And I try to share about that too. There's been a lot of good here, a lot of love and a lot of lessons here, but some people just don't like to hear about it. And that is fine. You are not.
0: I love that you're thick enough skin and are strong enough person to know, say
2: like, no, my story matters. And I'm going to keep telling Absolutely. it. And there's so many people out there that they don't feel comfortable talking about the lows. Yeah. And so I think being able like to share that it makes, I mean, other people are going to relate to it and then it's going to validate what they're going through as well. Even if they don't feel comfortable sharing it on, on social media, which is a lot of people don't, which is totally fine. So I think by you doing that, I'm, I mean, you're just, Helping so many women. Honestly.
1: I hope that's true. Thank you.
2: I, I, I believe it. I really <laughs> do. <laughs> I
0: mean, I think you can see that from like your book. I mean, I'm—I I don't know—you're in you're halfway across the U.S. i S I'm over here in Charleston, South Carolina. And I spent a whole Sunday reading, you know, 200 pages of your story because it resonated and it helped me. And I was like, Oh my God, th- that's why I think I like love you so much. Cause I'm like, there's somebody out there that's walked in my shoes and like not had, you know, has had to have this loss back to back to back and is still going and is using it for good and to help other women.
1: Yeah. Thanks. I'm just, you know, I, I, I do cling to that anger still a little bit. Cause it gets me oh, up sure. every day and I'm like, you're going to listen to us. Oh, we have to sure. take care of each other.
0: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then, I mean, we, you pretty much elaborated on three, but the last one was like, well, maybe it wasn't this chapter, but one of them, you did kind of speak on like those friends that did come to your rescue and they did support you and they did understand. And those people are invaluable as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thanks for being an effing friend. Yeah. Um yeah. So that's the concept of just some friends, and I and I still have to remind myself of, of this all the time. Not every friend or every person that you meet in your life is going to be your best friend. And that's okay. I think we're in a in a time now where we're just so all consuming, over consumption, instant gratification. You meet this one person and you have to take off and you know, not to use us as a, as an example, but y'all started a podcast and me and Ashley started a podcast and, um, some people are just there for a season and that is okay. But the people, you know, the, the friends with a capital F who really stick around and who are okay to get face first down in the dirt with you while you're really, really struggling, um, at our age, that's hard to find, uh, making friends, making new friends in your thirties what a struggle. That's like a part-time job. (laughs) Um, and then to keep those friends is also like a part-time job, but, but your people, especially after you're 30, the people who flock to you and know how to hang on to you. Those are the good, good, good friends.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I could just keep talking about your book, but everyone's going to buy it and read it. So we can (laughs) digress. I hope so. (laughs) They are. Well, I mean, I feel like you haven't really talked about this in the book and I don't know. And if you don't want to, you don't have to, but like, have you been diagnosed with anything for your infertility or is it all unexplained? That face says it all.
1: (laughs) So as of now, it is still unexplained. Um, we, we conceive pretty great. We, um, Our genetic testing has been fine. This last pregnancy and loss really told us a lot. Um, And at this point, uh, I'm doing myself more damage, which sounds awful to say. At this point, the intrauterine scarring is only going to get worse after each loss. My uterus has been through so much damage at this point Um, that that's a concern. And um, we are over 90% positive that I've had uterine fibroids, um, which is, oh gosh, if you don't know anything about that, like there is it's just incredibly painful. Your hormones are off. It's just a nightmare. Um, So we are, we're, you know, still in the exploration phase, Uh, but no, I haven't been diagnosed with PCOS, endometriosis, although I do have it should be easier at this point to have hormone testing with your OB and it should be easier to diagnose, uh, endometriosis and PCOS with your OB, but I guess that's none of my business. Um, are you no.
2: with, are you at a clinic, like a fertility clinic or are you still just at your, are your OB's office?
1: I am at a fertility clinic. Um, I haven't been there in about a year, uh, but yeah, just, you know, doing the scans and checking everything out and taking it one day at a time.
0: Yeah. I mean, for, for me too, it was always unexplained and it's like, you get scared. Cause to your point, like each time you try to conceive, I mean, number one, you're staring straight at the dark hole of miscarriage. You're like, well, this is probably going to happen again. Can I do yeah. it again? No. Um, so then you just don't even try or you're like, okay, well, if I get X amount further along, I'm going to have to do a DNC or I'm going to have scarring, like you're saying. And I mean, it does get to the point where you're like, I don't even know what to do.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, that's so interesting that you phrased it that way because my husband and I were just having a conversation, a very honest conversation, and I said, "Look, how many more tries do you have in you? Because yeah. I'm, I'm wearing thin here. I this didn't is have, yeah, yeah, this I is, oh, right? yeah. I was done. It's right. I was done. It's such a it's such a." a roller coaster of acceptance. So you set off to try to have a family. You have a ton of unexplained miscarriages. And then over time, you're like, well, I just have miscarriages. I don't have healthy babies. That's my truth. And then it takes so much more momentum to try to get back up and like, no, we can do this again. We can do this again. There's prayer, there's medicine, there's drugs, there's hormones, there's shots. I can do this. And then that coming back down of like, maybe I can't, maybe my time here is done. It's that, oh, it's just so much momentum of, of acceptance. And it really wears on you as a woman. You're like, geez, Louise, I, some people are just handed kids and they get to go home. Yeah. <laughs> or, and then some people go through like an emotional gauntlet for 10 years of just trying to have one child, you know?
0: Yeah. yeah. And I mean, yours were way more spaced out than mine. And so I feel like my momentum might've been just like a little bit more. Like I didn't even, I couldn't even figure out what happened before I got pregnant the next time, which I think if I had, oh, gosh. You know, I mean, I was getting pregnant two and a half weeks after I'd have a miscarriage. <gasps> it's, not funny. it's not funny at all, but Oh yeah. I was pregnant four times in one year. Like I don't, this Fist, are you yeah. not tired? Like <laughs> <laughs> My husband was, <laughs> he was like, we had a calendar and he was like, are you serious? Don't you just want to break? <laughs> but, but I think it comes from like somewhat of a different place. And Amanda, I know you can conceive naturally as well, but like a different spot from infertility because you're like, you're making the decision. You're like, I know that if I have sex that I will likely get pregnant. But yeah. do I want all this stuff that comes along with it? And when I said I was done, so we had our, we had our, at our, so we're kind of at the same spot after our fourth loss. Like I had just had a shift. I was like, okay, I ain't doing this again. <laughs> right. Um, and we, unexpe- we started with an REI, um, with a second one and we were like, okay, we're going to do IVF. Like, let's get away from these natural pregnancies. Let's do this IVF thing we got pregnant before we started IVF and I miscarried. And I was like, okay, definitely doing IVF, blah, blah, blah. But then we do IVF and we miscarry that too. So I'm like, I am done. I'm what you said. My truth is I can get pregnant. I can see the positive pregnancy test, And I am like the queen of having miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, And of course now I'm in a bizarre spot. You know, we were, we were full throttle adoption. We went live. We were super pumped about it. We're still super pumped about it. And I get this positive test and it's like, I'm miserable. You would think you'd be excited. And you're like, I don't, I can't do this again. Like I literally cannot go get the betas, can't do the HCG. I had a full on meltdown when I had my first ultrasound I was bawling in the room. My husband's like, I was like, I want to leave. Like, I can't even, I don't even want the ultrasound because I can't handle it. It's going to show up on the screen again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, everybody's infertility journey is different and I think I'm biased, but reoccurrent loss is just intense. Oh my goodness. Yeah. For yeah. Kids,
2: I, and I'm just going to like chime in just for a second. I know I haven't gone through recurrent loss through miscarriage, but even kind of on my side of it, of like having a miscarriage and then losing all of our embryos every single time coming, they come back abnormal. So like, it's this, not the same, obviously very different, but I feel like I've lost, I, we say right now that we've had um, like five kids. And so, because those embryos to me, obviously were like our children. And so mm-hmm. I had to grieve that and accept, you know, okay, we are not going to have our own biological children. Um, so yeah, same, but different, uh, but still having to, you know, grieve that whole process of, of oh. loss. And even to this day now, like I am petrified to get pregnant like Chris and I talk about this now. So like we've, I've accepted, I'm like, okay, we are just going to have our adopted embryos. We have two more in the freezer. I have my son right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. I've accepted that fate because, and I know you could obviously with the transfer, you can still lose the baby, but like in my head, I don't know. I like have disassociated the two, which I know it can still happen, but like I am more petrified to get pregnant naturally I mean, our IVF doctor said it can happen in one time. It can happen in 10 tries. There's just no way to know when you'll get pregnant if you do. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm literally petrified to this day to get pregnant. So I, I just, that.
1: yeah, I just said that on one of our episodes uh, last week, like there is no reason a healthy 30 something year old woman should be so afraid of pregnancy, but I'm right there with you. It is terrifying, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Because, and that's another thing that I wrote about in the book, the, the days of like gentle growings and, and family announcements and tearful, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be a mother. Like that ship has sailed. It is so long gone that it's just, it's make believe at this point.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I could go on and on about this. (laughs) Is there anything like kind of, as we wrap up, are there, is there any big things that you want to share with the audience other than to buy your book?
1: (laughs) Thank you. Yes, please, please buy my book. Um, I don't know. Uh, I am on a campaign right now to try to sell 10,000 copies. Um, It's available on Amazon. And if you're not a big reader, um, it's an audio book. I will read it to you myself. It's on audible. Um, I am very, very passionate about the miscarriage guide, and I did a post yesterday that you know the wind had kind of been knocked out of my sails a little bit um, because it just hasn't really been as well received in my area as I hoped that it would. Um, Doctors are afraid, a lot of them in my area, to to hand something out. It's not medical advice. It's it's not medical advice, but it is so crucial for a woman to feel acknowledged and to have something to carry home with her from the doctor's office after she's lost a pregnancy. So I don't know. That's, that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Just taking it day by day and selling books and pushing miscarriage guides and just trying to be, you know, just extending my hand to women who need a hand to hold.
0: I love that. I mean, I'm telling you how many pages is this? It's about 150 53 pages and you can read it in one setting and it's hilarious and you're going to laugh, cry. It's so good. And then Bailey, I don't even know if you know this about me, but I work in OBGYN. I do all of my, like the director of ops for all the OBGYNs in, in the state of South Carolina with one company. I manage 62. And I just want to tell you like, it's, they're, ter- you're, you're right. They're afraid. They're scared. They're afraid. It's not that they don't agree with it because I've had a lot of them come to me personally and give me their personal opinions, but they're afraid to touch miscarriage. I mean, they're just terrified because they don't know. Most of them have never had one. So they don't know. Most of them have had babies. So they can speak to that from a personal perspective. And you know, it's not medical advice. So they're just terrified. And I think people like us are going to have to be the advocates. And I know.
1: Yeah, it is. And I feel like, I don't know if this is sort of like the perfection side of me, but I feel like I need like, a doctor's approval to say, yes, I agree with this. And I've had a few say that, um, but no, you're right. It's women like us who are going to have to advocate the hell out of this and just say, oh, I know a friend who did this. She's in South Carolina, or I have a friend who also went through her own infertility stuff. She works for an infertility clinic out in California. So it's, it's just women like us who've been in the trenches and just have to hold each other's hands and say, well, you need to call her for this and her for that. And so yep. yeah
2: absolutely well
0: thank you so much for being with us I appreciate it I feel like we got a lot a lot
2: discussed yes, in the show I learned so much and I, I need to get now order your book and I want to read it
1: oh I need thanks to read it. <laughs> Again, if you're if you're not a big reader, it is on Audible. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. I've enjoyed this so, so much. And I just love what you two are doing and I'm a big fan of your podcast too. And we just need to keep having these conversations because it's certainly this was not around, you know five or so years ago when we when we all started our journey and
0: and you're exactly right it's going to keep getting worse unfortunately the percent of people having miscarriages and infertility I originally thought it was because people are just talking about it but now it's just everywhere
1: yeah miscarriages are up 400 percent over the last 30 years
2: Are they Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I heard don't quote me on the 400 percent thing but I did hear somewhere that we're I think it's something like forty-seven percent less fertile than our grandmothers.
0: I think I've recently heard that as well. That mm-hmm. is, ins- I mean, I believe it. That's, I believe- Oh, I believe it too. Yeah, I absolutely believe it. Okay, sorry, we were trying to close. Um, thank you. I yeah. <laughs> really appreciate yeah, it. So um, we will definitely, definitely um, push all of this out on the show notes.
1: Thank you, guys. That's-